What is up, everybody? Welcome in to the Bat Flip, where we discuss everything baseballs. Got the brooms out this weekend. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. Um, just being back in Lindsey Nelson, sigh relief. Tennessee's still good at baseball. What was your overall Confirmed. take on, on, the, on the weekend, Dylan? Oh, we are still good at baseball. That's that's the confirmation <laughs> that's <it>? there. But <laughs> I, a lot of runs, and we did give up a lot of runs. So any weekend you have that, I don't know about you, Landon, but that's that's a good weekend to me. Absolutely, yeah. Pitching staff was impressive. The bats were going. Even when it was cold on Friday night, Friday night might have been our best. You know, if it wasn't for Drew Gilbert's grand slam on Saturday, Friday night was probably your best night offensively. Yeah, in what, 32 <laughs> degrees, something like that in Knoxville? That's, cold. I don't want to get one off the hands in that weather. No. That's, if you're going to hit it, you better square it up in that one. And boy, did we. Yeah, in a record-setting atmosphere, um, really good crowd this weekend. Opening day, you set a record in Lindsey Nelson. You had 4,335 people there. Um, the previous record was 2,812 back in 2012, I think against Northern Illinois. And then a uh, three-game series record, 13,566 people in attendance. Um, the previous record was back in 94 against Florida, and it was 11,280. So big crowd. Tennessee fans have bought in all the way in to this baseball program, build that stadium. The new stands look good in the left field. That was the first time. I mean, I've seen pictures of them, but that was the first time, obviously, game-related you've seen it. And it shows. The numbers show it. You've, I mean, we've known that the fans wanted to show up. We've known more fans wanted in, but that's really the first time that you've seen they're able to. So, good sign there. Yeah, and the extra porches, they built that deck, and Tennessee players didn't have – you know, really a problem clearing those with uh, – had some nice bat flips this weekend. Pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, they answered a, a ton of questions. Um, I think our biggest questions last Monday was, can you duplicate that production for, that you got from the top of your lineup with Spence, Ferguson, Rucker, Trey Lipscomb, Ortega, Seth Stevenson, Cortland Lawson played a good shortstop. I mean, they looked pretty good to me. Um, especially fr Friday was – it was weird this weekend because Friday was all the guys who didn't really have much of a role last season. Trey Lipscomb had a, had a great day, um, had, had a bomb. Ortega had, had a bomb, a, a three-run shot. Seth Stevenson had one. Um, they, they just looked good. And the vets – Came live on Saturday. It, it was Drew Gilbert is still Drew Gilbert with the bat flip, the grand slam. Evan Russell had, had a, a really good day, um, you know, blocking. And then that that play from Jordan Beck in the outfield. I know he went three for three yesterday, but that was the play of his weekend. Maybe the play of the weekend. I mean, you – I don't think you can throw one any better than that. I, I didn't get to watch live when that happened, but the, the playback from it, if, you, if you're looking, I mean, I know on these SEC Plus games you don't get the best camera angles sometimes, but the the throw from, from when he got it to when he threw it from where the runner was at, I, you, it's one of those where you don't think there's a chance unless there's a perfect throw, and that's why Jordan Beck's going to be making a lot more money than we are here pretty soon. Yeah. Um. 
see, you get the win on Friday, nine to nothing. Saturday, ten to three, and then Sunday, fourteen to nothing. I mean, you outscored a Georgia Southern team thirty-three to three, and it's a good program. They're a team yeah. who I think they played in the Sun Belt Championship last year, so no slouch whatsoever. They did have Dolander last year, a freshman All American, so they they had a really good team last year. And I I don't know how good they're going to be this year, but it's it's a program that's been the top of, of their conference for for years so um just total domination they they had some tough at bats too i mean you you talk about our pitching i mean obviously dollander had a nice game 11 k's burns was really my star of the weekend from pitching wise but i mean some some of that bats we had to earn them like they they, they would put together several at bats with lots of pitches especially their leadoff guy who was pretty scrappy all weekend but Cheryl they, I think was his was, name. was he the center fielder uh Homer it, was, Cheryl was their second baseman second baseman um, Berdera was their center fielder I just remember the play he almost made on the ball in the gap that would have been an outstanding catch but yeah it, their their entire lineup it seemed like had some some pretty decent at bats so I wouldn't be surprised to see them make some noise to the end of the year yeah yeah absolutely um I think the most impressive thing for me was Tennessee only struck out 11 times on the weekend. Just had a uh, – you mentioned Georgia Southern had a lot of great at-bats. Tennessee had the same same thing. I think they batted um, 333 with two outs. So, I mean, just tough at-bats, you know, get, getting things done, you know, in, in clutch time. And a lot of those home runs were two outs. I know Trey Lipskins was. I think Jarrell Ortega's was. So, you know, a lot of, you know, extra base hits, even home runs with two outs is is solid. And I mentioned we only struck out 11 times. Dolander had that in five innings on Saturday. Made up for it quick. It's, it's good to see that the clutch hitting from last year that you had for most of the year from guys like, you know, Ferguson, Jake Rucker was always coming up with a big hit. It's good to see that. You know, we, we talked about it last week, and we get into it more about the um, unproven talent that you had right now. I, I mean, I know it's only one weekend, but you, you've seen that the options that we talked about last week, where you've got a ton of options, you don't know who's going to fill the spots. You've got you've got plenty of options there that seem like they can be proven. So that was my main takeaway. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see kind of. I mean, it it looked like your lineup is kind of set minus. Your DH. I mean, Seth Stevens is going to be in the lineup one way or another. I mean, he just gives you so much on the bases. I mean, that routine single that he turned into a, a double was insane. And no one would try to stretch that double that he had into a triple. Uh, and granted, it was, it was a close play. He was out. But, uh, you know, no one even thinks twice about doing that except for him. So, I mean, he's just a difference maker on the base, base pass. And he, he's going to be a problem for opposing defenses. Yeah, we, we talked about him possibly playing over Kyle Booker. We talked about Chambers last week as well. That's really unfortunate for Kyle Booker. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. But when you've got a guy like Stevenson, that I, I did not know he had that kind of speed. I know we talked about it last week. But he's – I mean, yeah, he, he hit a hard line drive to left field and got a double out of it. It wasn't like it was in the gap. It wasn't like it was down the line. <laughs> right, I, right to the left field. Right, <laughs> right to him. And even even if it would have been a perfect throw, I mean, you, you get the element of catching him off guard. But even if it would have been a perfect throw, then I still don't know if he would have been out. So it's 
I, I don't know where you go from here with Kyle Booker. And I mean, he, he'll get playing time, obviously. But you, you talked about that DH role. Looks like it could be, could be him, could be Chambers. There again, we come back to options. There, they're going to have some, and Seth Stevenson really showed out this weekend. So I don't, I don't even think he's an option anymore. I think he's a guy that's plugged in. Yeah, whether it's DH or left field, he's going to be somewhere in the lineup for sure, and, and be at the top of that lineup. I'm, I'm pretty positive in that. We did get to see Kyle Booker get a hit. You know, see that pretty swing. Um, he did get. I didn't he get picked off on a double play also, or was that earlier in the weekend? I, I think he might have. Um, they made a diving play, and, you know, he just didn't hear back, yeah. I guess, in time. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see where that ends up. That, that's kind of the one position I, I think is still up for grabs. I think everything else is pretty taken care of, in my opinion. I, I mean, they might still play around and, and see what they got, but DH is the only spot that I'm like – yeah, that's a competition. Which is, a, I mean, you, you take half of the game out of it. You mean, you, you just need a bat there. That My main thing was, and I mean, I'm sure he'll be one of our MVPs later. If not, he'll he'll be towards the top of the list, was going to be at second base. That was that was really kind of my question mark coming into the year. But Mr. Drill Ortega had, had himself a weekend. So I'll Yeah, see how if, about him finding something because last year in his limited action batted 148 for him to come in and bat 500 on the weekend i would have lost money on that bet and i I don't know about you but last year watching him he never he never looked comfortable in the box really so that that was that was the main surprise to me was the confidence that he had i mean if he would have if he would have got up there and had five strikeouts over the course of the weekend, then, yeah, the confidence doesn't really mean much, but he, he backed it up, too, with a couple bombs. So that if he's going to hit like that all year, that's a big question mark answer. Yeah, I mean, I think our biggest question marks probably going into it was um, how do you get that production, and can those guys keep up with the hitting that, that some of those guys had? You know, and can they be – you know, reliable in situations. And Trey Lipscomb and Drill Ortega was probably the two best hitters of the weekend. Yeah, true. I'll get into it in a second. I mean, that's my that's my pick for one of our awards we give out. But Trey Lipscomb, I mean, I talked about him last week. I know he was one of my main focuses was you, you don't – and same thing can be said for Ortega, obviously. You, you're not trying to – 100% replace Jake Rucker and Max Ferguson because that's that's going to be tough to do. I mean, you're talking about two high draft picks, two All-Americans. So you don't say you got to fully replace them, but you, you need guys to step up there. And I think Trey was the one I mentioned the most last week. Of That's probably the position where if he doesn't step up there, you kind of – you have options, but not like a second base, not like a left field. It's a little bit more unproven there, so – if Trey Liscomb is hitting like that all week, then or all, all season, then the ceiling of this team is considerably higher than I thought it would be, which was already high to begin with. Yeah, it seems like they're back to the same thing. Of you're able to flip the lineup one through nine, and man, going into this season, I didn't think that was going to be the case. But coming out of this first weekend, I know it's the first weekend, but um, you know it. it Tennessee's veterans, like, it took Jordan Beck. You know, he had a great day on Sunday. Saturday he had one hit, didn't have anything on on Friday night. 
But, uh, you know, you can tell that all he's got all the talent in the world. I mean, you saw it from left field on Saturday, that throw that he made. Um, Drew Gilbert, if the bases are loaded, he's hitting one out. That, that's just how it's going to go. I don't know why that he gets just an extra boost of confidence when, when the bases are juiced, but he does, and he makes things happen, and that bat flip was just beautiful. That was about to say there are three guaranteed things in lock, but you just you did add a fourth one there. I was going to say death taxes and a Drew Gilbert grand slam, but the bat flip is the fourth one, just <laughs> yeah. just as much as the third one actually. Yeah. So I'll so stick with the fourth. Did you do you like Ortega's better, just the bat slam, or do it you was, like the bat flip better? Ortega's was more simple, but I think it may. I, I was going to say it may get the message across better when you slam it like that, but I, I don't know. I mean. Maybe it's because I've seen Drew Gilbert do it more. Maybe that's why I'm leaning a little bit, and maybe it's because it was a grand slam. But I'm I'm a fan of the Ortega one. I, if you're not going to throw it as high as you can, I guess by default the next option from up is down. So I guess you just slam it as hard as you can. So I was yeah. a fan. Yeah, and it it seemed like Evan Russell. I think you you texted me this that he looks the part. You know he's he's it's gonna get he's gonna get tested. Now, I mean, for everybody knows that he's switching from left field and hasn't played that position in a long time. So, you know, come SEC play, they're gonna test him, test that arm out, see if he can throw people out. But he he, se- he seemed to hold his own. I mean, that block and tag that he made at home plate was incredible. Um, he you know sized up some pitches. So, I, I like what they got in Evan Russell. I, I thought he played well this weekend. Yeah, that was the main thing I was talking to you about was his I, – I wanted to see how he handled the staff. Was was he getting – which I don't know if he's calling him. I don't know if Anderson – I assume Frank Anderson's probably calling pitches. I, I don't know that for sure. That, yeah, that could just be a guess. But take that out of it. I wanted to see how he could frame, how he was setting up everything. Me, that's what I played, so that's, that's what I watched the most is I appreciate the Yadier Molinas back there that – yeah, well, maybe they're a good hitter, but I, I like watching what they do back there because they control the game, obviously. I love the way Evan Russell looked back there for a guy that hasn't caught since sophomore year of high school, something like that. I mean, he he wasn't perfect by any stretch, but taking a guy like Chase Dahlander that you, you probably haven't caught much. I mean, you probably just started this year really getting a look at him. A freshman that comes in with Burns that's throwing – 98 miles an hour. I mean, guys that have good stuff but have a lot of stuff, too, that you have to handle, I I thought he handled it really well as far as framing, setting up. Like you said, the arm's going to be the next question mark. He's – you're going to get tested in SEC play. And he he flashed the arm a little bit, but I've got to see him throw somebody out like that. Because we saw with Pav last year when he was injured there for a little bit, it was – Teams knew that, and they they took off at a high rate. So that that could be the difference between winning and losing games. So I, I guess that's the next. I don't want to say question mark because a guy like Evan Russell has proven about everything you can in a Tennessee yeah. uniform. But that that's the next thing that that's the next step he's got to take there for for us to be a consistent at that spot. Yeah, and I, I don't notice it a ton because I didn't play catcher and I had no interest in playing catcher because I blink every time they swing. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't see a lot get past him. And I know that probably, you right. know, take into account that 
the pitching staff was so, um, you know, played so well this weekend. I only walked seven guys on the weekend. Um, but it, it just seemed like he was in his element. It, it didn't seem too much for him at all. And, you know, like you mentioned, props to Evan Russell for even trying out that position to better the he, team. He looked comfortable back there. That was the main thing I wanted to see was mm-hmm. did, did he – was he going to be comfortable? Maybe not great at it, but you just don't want to look out of place back there. And he, he didn't look like that at all. I don't – any of these little criticisms, I don't want it to sound like I'm dogging Evan Russell because he handled that a thousand times better than than I would have ever dreamed of. But, yeah, he, all the respect to Evan Russell and great job so far. Yeah, I played short, so I noticed Cortland Lawson um, – Got a couple hits, got hit by a pitch, you know, drew some walks. Um, he looked – he's super athletic, number one. He's a bigger shortstop, but he just looked – I mean, every throw he made was crisp. Um, you know, they turned a couple double plays on the weekend. So, I, I was super impressed with him defensively and – or take it too. Um, but Cortland Lawson, you know, or take it kind of made fireworks with his bat. Uh, more than he did in the field. But I was super impressed with Cortland Lawson. Uh, batting in the nine hole and, you know, obviously getting, um, you know, making some plays on defense too. But between Cortland Lawson and Steenstra, do we have the biggest group of shortstops in the country? I mean, Steenstra's, what, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Cortland Lawson looked – I mean, I don't think he looked like a linebacker, but he, he looked like he could handle his own on a football field maybe. So, yeah. I, I, I was wondering that after I didn't see Steenstra, I was like, well, you – that position could could transfer over to the football field pretty well, I think. Um, I had a question, so I was just going to cue in real quick. Uh, yeah. You you were just talking about uh, shortstop specifically, a little bit of second base. What, so you you talked about it yesterday on the show, and you've talked about it today now. Um, obviously, you're impressed with the um, the makeup of production so far from the lineup. What, what about the infield as a whole? You had to replace third base, second base, and shortstop outside of 45-year-old Luke Lipsius. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new lineup. So I was just wondering, I mean, I know you didn't see a ton, but how you thought the infield played as a whole, um, in the light, as far as batting, phenomenal. Um, but but uh, defensively as well. Yeah, I thought they played it. They, I thought they played well. I mean, Trey Lipscomb did let one bomb, and that was an error that, you know, he, he's got to make that play. Um, but, it, I mean, it didn't bother him. It seems like the, the bats kind of gave him confidence or vice versa. Um, you know, having pitchers strike out 11 guys in five innings, you make those plays. You find a way to make those plays to, to back up that, that guy that's shoving it up there. So, um, yeah, I thought they played pretty well. You know, I'd like to see, you know, maybe that some cleaned up. Maybe the, the bunt coverage, you know, trade, you know, missed out on, on one that, that, you know, maybe you could have got to that dude was quick too. So, um yeah, I thought they played pretty well, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think there was anything glaring. I think Ortega, I don't I don't remember if it was him that had – I don't – did he let one? I think it was the ball to Beck that it, it would have been a tough play. But yeah, it was. Yeah, he kind of – I remember it, thinking – It wasn't an error, but it – was, right. It was better that it got to your right fielder, though, somehow. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Or, Ortega having to spin and try to make a Ozzie Albies throw to first over there that <laughs> – when I saw Jordan Beck come up with it, I was like, ah, we maybe, maybe we don't need Max Ferguson over there with his gloves. So that was right. the, really the only one that maybe. But anything else, like you're mentioning, nothing that 
I, I don't think it's anything that's really a worry past the first couple of weeks getting the jitters out. So, yeah, I was impressed too. Gotcha. And I did have another question. Uh, I tried to catch all earlier as you talked about kind of the newcomer presence um, in the series. But I asked the chat, so maybe try to get this rolling. Um, who are the, Who is your favorite newcomer this weekend? Um, and then your favorite veteran as well, because you, you did thankfully benefit from both. Um, we've already got some in here. Uh, newcomer Stevenson, veteran Sewell. So just your all's favorites this weekend, most impressed with, most upside. However you want to spin favorite, it's yours. Yeah, newcomer, I'll go with somebody who didn't. It's probably not my MVP of the weekend, but I think new newcomer has to be – I'm going to go Chase Burns. I think he – I think Dolander, yeah, he can make it. But your first career start in like 30-degree weather – and you're out there shoving it at, at 95, 96 pretty consistently. I mean, that was impressive to me. I mean, we talked to Richard Jackson on, on more important issues um, right before the season, even the, the day before. And he was talking about th- this kid's not your everyday freshman. And he yeah. is absolutely as advertised. I mean, he looked composed. He threw it well. He's got, I mean, 95, 96, but that off-speed stuff was nasty. Um, absolutely freezing hitters. And you love to see that from a, a true freshman that, you know, maybe he's – I guess he's your Friday night guy as of now until Blade Tidwell comes back. But, man, when you have Blade Tidwell and Seth Halverson get back when they do, I mean, this is – show me a better rotation. Yeah, I mean, mine was – Exactly. Burns or Dollander, 1A, 1B for, for best newcomer. I Maybe I slightly lean Dollander just because I saw that video of where his windup looks exactly like Jacob deGrom, and that got me unnecessarily hyped up. I think it was the Pitching Ninja on Twitter. If you haven't seen it yet, you got he does a side-by-side of both of them, and it is incredible how similar they look. But you have a problem in the rotation now, and it's a very good problem to have because – you already assumed Dollander would probably have one of those spots, and I assumed Tidwell and Halverson would have the other two. How do you keep Chase Burns out? You, there's no way you can. To me, right now, I mean, maybe the odd man out is Halverson. But yeah. I think you're going to get him back before you – I mean, Tidwell's got a spot, but you're going to get Halverson back from what we've heard probably <laughs> sooner than Tidwell. So you've D- – Drew Beam – you know, great outing from him, but he, he's probably the odd man out here. But between the other two plus the two you've got coming off injury, I don't know how you – I don't know how – that's why Tony Vitello makes the money that he does because I would not want to pick that. Yeah, 100%. It's – I mean, do you just pick whoever draws a short stick, doesn't pitch that weekend? I don't I, know how you do that's, it. That's what I would do. You, yeah. you have to leave it up to some kind of competition or something. Whoever loses, tough luck, you're out that week. I mean, it's, right. you, you can't pick that. And you're throwing absolute gas. Um, Caleb, did, did you want to add something before we do a uh, veteran? Well, oh, yeah, I'll let you get to veteran. I'll, br- I'll bring this one back up. Y'all were just talking. You started getting into pitching rotation talk, so I wanted okay. to go ahead and grab this question. Um, but, yeah, we'll grab that. Give your veteran, and then I've got a few more in here as well, and we'll, we'll get back to this question from, from Matthew. So, I think veteran, I'm going to go Jordan Beck. Had a great day yesterday, threw that guy out on Saturday. It just seems like every ball he hit was mashed. And same with Luke Lipsius. I, I want to give him credit, too. I mean, it, it seems like every time he hits a ball, it's 
line drive screaming out of the infield. Yeah, I'll, easy pick for me. I'll go Camden Sewell just because okay. I, I, he does everything on the mound. We're about to get into pitching anyway, so it's a nice transition piece from me here. But he he does everything on the mound, and he he's a Swiss Army knife. I, I love the pace he pitches at, too. I mean, I know every every guy has their thing. You know, some take more time. Camden Sewell catches the ball mid-rotation, ready to go to the next pitch. I mean, I, I love watching him work because – it's rare that he's not going to have a quick inning. So, Camden Sewell, easily. When you have a basketball game at four, having yeah. Camden Sewell is is key because you, you get out of here in three hours. He's he's He kind of strikes me as the Brooks Kepka of baseball. He he wants to spend as little time out there as possible because he's just – he enjoys it, but he's efficient with his work too. He, yeah. he wants to get on to other things with his day, so he will strike you out very quickly and go take a seat. Yeah, I think one of our big big questions um, heading into the season, you know, last Monday we talked about who takes over that Sean Hundley role. We thought it was Camden Sewell. There's your answer. It is Camden Sewell. He's going to be any situation they need him in, he's going to be your workhorse all season long. Um, Richard Jackson said that uh, Sean Hundley should go down as t- the best pitcher ever to come through Tennessee. And um, – you know, that's high praise, but when you look at the situations that Sean Hundley came into last season and just made a mockery of opposing batters, it's hard to disagree. Yeah, 100%. I'll say what, um, if anyone, they're playing on this show, probably more more important issues. Uh, for the not huge baseball fans, I'll just say it. Drew Gilbert is my favorite veteran from this weekend. I mean, how can you that, – that's what, <laughs> that's what people love about – like that's how you fall in love with baseball. You you fall in love with the grand slam. It wasn't the bottom of the ninth this time, but you know those are the those are the moments you fall in love with. So yeah, Caleb, especially that's, that's a great pick. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say it. Um, no problem doing that one. But yeah, uh, that's uh, I, I like the all said Camden School because yeah, Drew Gilbert should absolutely get some of that ticket money because <laughs> a lot of people are coming to see him flip bats up in there. I think they should just charge for Grand Slams from Drew Gilbert for now on. Yeah, you no. know how Lante Taylor got the cookies? Every bat flip that Drew Gilbert does should be something. He should get Queso. Something. That's how we get Queso. Yeah, I didn't get my – I guess I just show my ticket. That's right. They used to give out little slips. I always forget. Oh, well. Mm. <laughs> you did get Queso on Saturday. Well, you didn't, but the fans did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I did have nachos um, during the game, so that, that made up for it. That would have been way too much cheese. Um, I don't know what happened to Dylan here, but I'll, I'll let you. He's back in here. Let me let me get this question pulled up here as I do get Dylan back in. Um, that one's from Matt. Do you think uh, we keep the starting rotation until everyone is healthy or mix it up? I know you guys started talking about um, when you get those those guys that are injured right now back, um, like Blade Tidwell. But until then, probably SEC play, maybe later. Uh, I don't know if that timeline's changed or just stayed optimistic, but what happens until then? I, I think you – Dylan, you start this one. I'll let you take that one. Uh, that's – I mean, right now it kind of has to stay the same, I guess, just by default. I mean, it, we liked what we saw with Drew Beam. Um, but it, it's really just health-related as long as he's in there. It, it's it's kind of what I said. I, I Halverson's probably the first one you get back. I, I have an up – heard an update on Tidwell yet, so I don't know exactly what his timeline's looking at. I would assume maybe it's Halverson, but 
as of right now, I mean, yeah, this starting rotation, I think, ha- kind of has to stay the same. But with what we saw, I mean, Drew Beam's probably he, – he's got the most work left to do, obviously. He, he's a freshman. Chase Burns is a different kind of freshman. I mean, he's on another level. So, I, I would say it's probably about the same right now. But I, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably the same. I think Friday and Saturday are, are for sure. Um, I thought Drew, Drew Beam pitched well. Um, only had one strikeout, but I think he only gave up one hit. Um, so he was solid through three innings. People don't know this about him, but he didn't play last year due to having Tommy John. And then the year before that, I was cut short due to COVID. So he hasn't played like a full season since his yeah. sophomore year of high school. So, um, I mean, obviously, he probably played travel ball and stuff like that. But for him to, you know, come in college and, you know, that was his first outing, I, th- I thought he was solid. So, you know, having 26 strikeouts on the weekend where your opponent's batting 144, it, it'd be hard for me to really change much up. Um, I, I think that, that Sunday or – you know, they, they kind of did it with Will Heflin last year where they just kind of pitch him for three innings and then yeah. they let that bullpen, as good as it is, with a ton of arms kind of take over and, and finish out the game. With with the amount, with the depth of arms we have now, you can do that same thing. If, it, if it's Drew Beam, if you've got an actual starter there and you just want to maybe not do like the Rays did, just do one inning for an opener. But, I mean, you, you've got a guy that three – to anywhere from two to five innings. I mean, five being a great outing from Beam there, and you've got Kirby Connell, Sewell, Ben Joyce, who is everything as as advertised. So you've there's you've not a options. pitcher in the country that can turn as many heads as Ben Joyce did with with, with two what, pitches. Two pitches, yeah, <laughs> yeah. With two, one one pitch, and then that was really all it took to get the stadium talking and then the next pitcher out of the inning. So it's efficient. There, I wish we a, could have seen him. Th- there isn't a faster first pitch in your Tennessee career no. than triple digits, right? No, that's impossible. <laughs> Drew, Drew Gilbert, if he gets on the mound with enough pre-workout in him, that's my only other pick that <laughs> yeah. might work, but I, I still don't think so. You're cut now, Caleb. Uh, well, my questions will have to wait. <laughs> it's just cutting in and out. Drop them um, in the chat. The chat's yeah, popping. Yeah. Um, I, I want to go over Tennessee's future opponents real quick. I, you got Iona this coming up weekend. You got Tennessee Tech on Tuesday, UNC Asheville on Wednesday. Tennessee Tech was 3-0 and this past weekend against Oral Roberts, Radford, and South Alabama. UNC Asheville was 0-3 against Virginia Tech. They got uh, outscored 35-8 to in that series, and Iona just got destroyed by Old Dominion. They went 0-3 and got outscored 47-3 to on the weekend. So, got to think a, a lot of scoring going. Um, whoever's running our Twitter will probably, you know, get some cramps in their fingers. Might have to ice them after. <laughs> yeah. Start um, stretching out. Yeah, uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of typing uh, this coming up weekend, but man, I, I like what we've seen so far. Uh, so, Caleb asked, does Seth Stevenson agree to race at Ben Joyce Fastball? I'd like to see that, actually. How far is the mound? 60 feet, 6 inches, and you've got, what, 90 feet 
baseline. Math was never my strong suit. I'll stay away from that one, but <laughs> I would I would like to see it. Yeah, it's like it's like the old football debate where you you start a guy on each each goal line, have him run and meet in the fifty, and just see yeah. who's still standing afterwards. It's one of those things you, you'll probably never see, but I would pay to see it. Oh yeah, Caleb said Seth Stevenson would do it one hundred percent. Absolutely. Oh, oh he would. Dude, do he's it. fiery. I, I like it. I like. I mean, he fits in well with this. Tennessee program. I, I misunderstood the question. He would do it. Yeah. Yeah. Would he be successful? Don't know. Maybe but not. yeah, he he would he would line up. Um. Well, let, let's go. Let's go MVP and start wrapping this show up a little bit. Um, we usually try to keep it around thirty minutes, so we're we're getting to that time point. So, MVP for me, Jarrell Ortega, baby, Ortega bomb. I love. It. I don't even know, like where it just sounds right. Yeah, um, I, I knew that would be one of our picks, so I've got mine in, in, in now, but keep going. Okay. Um, so, he, he was 5 for 10 on the weekend. You know, that, that's batting 500, one triple, two home runs, five RBIs. Big one for me, no strikeouts. Um, really solid for, for a guy that's hitting bottom of the lineup, and, you know, he's making a case to move his move him on up. Yeah, my guy had a very similar stat line. I'll go with the guy that got us started this year, Trey Lipscomb. Maybe it's a little bit, you know, you could say Burns, Dahlander, Ortega, at several guys that 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 could with with his performance on Sunday with what he did with the glove. But Trey Lipscomb, it's what I said last week. It was really kind of confirmation for what I was hoping for. Is if he can keep that up all year. That's I, I said it earlier in the show that that takes you to a new level as far as this team's ceiling. Hit three thirty three. His OPS was over a thousand. Didn't have a strikeout either. Hit the bomb to get us started. Like you said, his fielding I think will be just fine. I mean, that's probably just it's a guy that's been around the program that's finally getting his shot now. So maybe it's just just first game jitter or something like that. But yeah. I, I don't I don't worry about that part at all. He he looked the part. Is he Jake Rucker? I don't know. But he, he he certainly showed that he can more than produce enough at that position. Absolutely. Yeah, he's got the power. Um, you know, I, I, I just got to see more of it, and I'm excited to see more of it. Um, I, I think pitching-wise, I'm excited. If you're not excited about Tennessee's future, I mean, look at this weekend. Um, freshman, true freshman, Chase Burns. True sophomore, Chase Dahlander. True freshman, Drew Beam. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty insane. You're, you're going to have these these guys in here for at least um, – those three guys for at least another season. So, super exciting to see. Um, I think we had one more question from Patrick Eady. Uh, when will Haverson have a go? That's yeah, still up in the air. Um, I heard that, you know, Blade is more soreness. So, um you know, hopefully to get him back, I think kind of going through that same thing Crochet was um, back in 2020. So, want to get want to get both those guys back as soon as possible. They're hard throwing too, um, so they're just going to add even more fire to this pitching staff. Howerson's was a fracture, right? Was it? Yeah, I, I yeah. saw that. In like so he's probably going to be months. out until probably April. So, yeah, I, I think. You know, hopefully he doesn't have a setback in his recovery. Hopefully he gets that taken care of and 
his bag pitching the same way he was when he was Missouri's ace. But, um, yeah, super exciting to have this pitching staff, super exciting to have these newcomers emerge, and uh, we'll see more coming this week. Tuesday against Tennessee Tech, really good baseball team, really good baseball program. Uh, UNC Asheville and Iona this weekend. Saturday we plan on having a little tailgate back behind the stadium. So uh, hit us up. We'll definitely be there. Um, happy to, to see you guys have a couple of beers and head into the stadium and, and cheer on the balls. Yes, sir. Guys, thanks for listening. This is the bat flip. Landon Raby, Dylan Taylor, C. Mitch um, fixing his microphone back there. That's all we got. Thanks for listening. Peace out.